0: Welcome to the latest episode of At Home, the podcast. We're excited that you joined us today. Today, we're going to talk about the role of athletics and how it impacts the family. And sitting around the table today is Dustin Eby, Brant Nine, Angie Brenneman, myself, Chris Knight. We're glad that you joined us. Here's the interesting thing is we all sit around this table. Each of us were athletes. Each of us, at some point in our life, have coached. So this is a really topic that actually hits home to us. We've lived it in our homes. We've lived it then as coaches as well. So let's let's have a really interesting, I think, conversation today uh, surrounding this topic of athletics. I don't know how many of you knew this or not, but did did you guys know that Brant Nine used to be the quarterback at Northwood High School? QB one. QB one.
1: One year. I was I was definitely a program player. I had to to wait my turn. And, and we were definitely in a transition year, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) it was still a great experience. Hey,
0: let's, let's take a second. What is, what is a memorable athletic experience that you can recall from your life? I'll start Um,
1: my senior year when I was playing quarterback at Northwood, we were in the second game of sectionals at St. Joe, South Bend, St. Joe. And it was rainy. It was much like today. It was rainy. It was really windy. And, Uh, I think that actually helped my passing game. I don't know how. (laughs) Um, But uh, we were down 6-0, to and St. Joe uh, punted the ball, and it landed on the one-yard line. Um, And I thought, okay, we'll do a QB sneak to get out of this, or or we'll hand the ball off to give us some space. And Coach Zerker uh, called a Hail Mary. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) And the beautiful thing about that, we were under center. We did not take it from shotgun. And so, but the beautiful thing about that was, I saw they were blitzing the house, and so I knew I was going to take a three-step drop and just let it fly. And I threw it about thirty yards in the air, but we got a ninety-nine-yard touchdown out of that baby. Oh Let's go! And on the stat sheet, it says Brant Nine threw a ninety-nine-yard touchdown pass to Derek Yoder in two thousand nine. So, yeah, that that's. That definitely was the highlight that year and that was the the highlight of my athletic career to be honest with you <laughs>
2: love it <laughs> that's <is laughs> awesome yeah I, I for me i would say mine probably came junior year of high school played soccer um and our soccer team was not as well known for its success as the as the football team or a number of other teams at northwood but that year was the first year that we actually won uh, the sectional championship, which was, which was really neat to be a part of that team. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Cool team achievement that we had, something that never happened in school history. So to be able to be a part of that was, was a lot of fun.
3: Mm. Well, you guys are talking about team sports. I was a tennis player. Whether or not you believe it, tennis is a team sport doubles is one of my favorite games to play (laughs) so you can put um that on um the record but as far as my best memory in high school I would say I was a junior in high school And as a team, we were playing the sectional finals against Goshen. Mm -hmm. And our team, if you know much about tennis and how a team wins sectionals, you have to win the uh, best out of five different games that are happening. One singles, two singles, three singles, and then one and two doubles. And I was playing two singles. And we had already went down 3-1. And I was the only person on the court. And so then it became an individual game. And I had lost the first set. And so I came back and won the second set seven five, if you know much about um, tennis, that's a, a extended amount of time. And then we extended the time even further. And if, you know, my dad, if he loved, it, he actually, I say, didn't love tennis because you could sit there for hours and you never knew. It was not governed by time. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, after about three and a half hours, I ended up winning in a tiebreaker. So yeah, it went down as one of my... Probably the moments I fought for myself and, um, and I just, it was a really.
0: Did you collapse and were you carried yes. off the court? No, like but I shoulders? probably
3: couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> that's, a lot, that's a lot of tennis. <laughs> just, the longest I think I've ever played on the court was four hours oh, wow. for that's, one match. Wow.
1: Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet you'd be a, a really good pickleball player.
3: Yes, that's my goal. In about five years, yeah. when um everybody gets done with their own sporting events, mom will take up the racket again, but just not a tennis racket because I played till the um I was about yeah. 38, thirty eight thirty six years old yeah. tennis, and then my body last couldn't. Year. Yeah, last year. <laughs> that's right. <Yes. laughs> wow (laughs) yeah i did i looked at my i i actually gave to goodwill this week my national cap that said 2013 uh usta nationals and i was like oh that was a while ago (laughs) 10 years (laughs) i haven't played for 10 years yeah Mm -hmm.
2: i get tired playing wee tennis (laughs) oh i bet you do Justin. (laughs) 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 Uh, pickleball is is the
3: rage it it is the rage i will get you guys to try it yeah so what about you chris you know, I have to
0: look back. I would say in basketball, I hit a buzzer beater from just beyond half court. And uh that one that one just sticks out to me. I was pretty fired up about it. Guys, to be honest with you, pure luck. All right. Uh, not skill involved, just winning. So
2: did it win the game?
0: It it did not win the game. Uh, but it was a close game. So yeah. It did it you felt, lose? No. Okay. We won, but it just and you it threw was, up it was, a half court shot? The dude it was the buzzer. Right? <laughs> It We're was up the, by ten. I threw up a half-court shot. The buzzer. <laughs> Listen here, ninety-nine yard nine. <laughs> Listen. I like that nickname. Why, uh, why you got to make fun of my my memory? This was significant memory. the basketball coach. You go. Why are you shooting that? It's a buzzer. <laughs> the buzzer was going off. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's you got a parent
3: one. Yeah. Well, one of the things that why we went into this was because I think we kind of talked a lot about hot topics. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about mental health and technology. And we wanted to take some, you know, kind of up and coming things that our families are facing today. And so we kind of threw this out. Let's talk about athletics, because. What's real in parents' lives right now? Well, what's, what sport your kid playing? When are they going to start? I mean, you told me the other day, Brant, like you were deciding to um, sign Hutch up for something yeah. already.
1: Yeah, we're already starting to like, what what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? We want him to try everything. We don't know what he's going to be passionate about. And so already at six years old, it's it's a thing.
3: Yeah, Isn't there some, yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, I want to I want to preface this because I want to share a memory. It's probably one of the most significant memories I have um, with the kids, and it actually spans back only a couple years to COVID and the shutdown in March. And so, if you guys know much about swimming, um, swimming is a it's a really hard sport. It's year round, and you really dedicate yourself to it. And so, in the uh, club swim world, you can start little and you can work your way up, but it's all graded by ages. And so um, Katie was 12 years old. She had the fastest time in the nation as a 200 IM-er, and it was March um, 10th, and we were going to go into age group state, and she had a chance to win multiple events at the state level, was really ready to it. And I'll never forget that day when they shut everything down. Mm. The week before, they, you know there was a lot of things. But to see a kid learn – that nothing is guaranteed was so key. And I, I share that because I think we get to this point in our lives as parents that we think everything's guaranteed for our kids. Like they should participate in sports and they should, you know, try out for the band and all this stuff. And I just, I think one of the biggest lessons that we brought out of this whole COVID experience in athletics, because it did really change athletics and it's still changing if we want to talk about how it's, you know, created ripple effects even into the college world. And it continues to do so even for another year. And and so, um, but to be in a place where a kid wants to participate and wants to do it, but to learn that principle that nothing's guaranteed and what you do really counts, even in the moment, as a parent to really teach character traits. And so that's kind of where we wanted to take this today. And we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about how we can, as families, adapt and uh, make a good choices in our homes.
0: So Angie and I are clearly just uh, slightly older than you two, Brant and Dustin. Slightly. But I remember going back in our day, we didn't have tons of options available to us as kids are growing up in the youth leagues uh, you know I think I started actually playing basketball in sixth grade was the first opportunity like we had to play any kind of a collective thing everything else was just playground mm-hmm. basketball uh, and now you see it as it breaks into soccer and it's breaking into basketball baseball uh, definitely football youth leagues all of the, there's just so many options available let's have a conversation how do we set some boundaries what are the boundaries what's health Because at the end of the day, we believe, sitting around the table that the family needs to win. So how do we keep everything in check and have a balanced approach with the family calendar? Any thoughts on
3: that? Well, one of the things, if um, you guys look at your family calendar, and I want to ask you guys with little kids, what's one of the most important things in your life? Probably a little bit of structure, Right.
1: Uh, a lot of it a structure, yeah, Some right routine
3: routine yeah. and things. and I and I don't disagree that routine does athletics bring routine for kids and it brings exercise and them um, positive. But one of the points that I really want to talk about is more, always better. How does that look for families today is more always better filling your calendar with more things to do more activities even at a kid's young age being that they're you know using this as socializing experiment and anything let's talk about that concept is more always better
2: Yeah it's ha- it's hard i think sometimes too when you wrestle with especially with kids our age you know or our age that we have kids like we have 3 right now that are 3 4 and 8 our daughter who's 8 and when, like especially during the summer it's i mean we want our kids to be doing something not just sitting at home or whatever and so obviously like the baseball leagues and the soccer leagues are a lot of fun because that gives them stuff to do it teaches them a lot of life skills they get to be around their friends but then all of a sudden when you have two kids and one thing each that's multiple i mean two three nights a week that your night looks different than just a normal night you know and so it's you really do struggle to have any kind of structure um with that and that for you know Sharice and I, as we're still trying to figure out balance and what that looks like just with our own family, how, how do you, how do you do that? Well, and so it's a little bit of trial and error, a little bit of, you know, what, you know, from what your own experience growing up and kind of what you did and what you liked and didn't like, but also, yeah, being able to say, okay, we, we know that if we want to have these nights at home, just with our family, that we're going to have to not be in two things at, at one time, you know, as hard as that may be. And so if, you know, our one son is in a sport during this season, that I mean we might have to sacrifice and wait, you know, for Nora to be in a sport in a different season. And that's just what we're kind of working through now. And it's a little bit what Brand said earlier. It's part of it too is just finding out what what do they like, what do they not like, what do they want to do, what are they passionate about. And so that's we're at the beginning stages of all that. So I think that's where it's yeah. hard too as a parent, because you want your kids to try a bunch of different things and see what they like. But while you're doing that, it does create quite the the stress of, you know is it worth even having them try all these things? You know, especially if you get them there and they're like, they it's clear that they are not enjoying themselves doing this. So, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm trying to think back to my experience uh, when I was a kid and how my parents dealt with things. Like there was oftentimes I rode my bike to practice. So like it didn't disrupt my parents' life in that way. Um, There were some games when, you know, I didn't have parents there. I just, I went with another family and, and we my family chose to balance things that way um I, I remember a specific time where i i showed up in the wrong jersey and my coach said something and i cried about it my dad said we're not coming back if you're just gonna cry about this like so i have these experiences right and then i think about how we we um handled and try to balance things with with our kiddos right now and how completely different it looks for us um and so when I say that, like like Dustin just said, and i will just echo it, we we are at a stage, and I think it's a healthy thing to to allow your kids to to try different things and figure out what they what they enjoy, and um and, and then and then go from there. But they're they're just there's seasons, right? Where where Francie was working in the evenings, and I was working during the day, but then I was also coaching after I'd work. And then trying to get the kids to the sports, and it's trying to balance all of those things. There's seasons where it's harder um, to accomplish that.
3: Chris, we often sit with people in rooms that say, I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I can't get out of this. And they built themselves into like almost between a rock and a hard place and not knowing what to do next and families that are overloaded and, I guess, overcommitted and overwhelmed. Would you agree?
0: Oh, absolutely agree. Uh, and, And that's why I sit here and trying to think through things that would be, uh, able I would be able to say that more does equal better, and, and there's not a lot of, of any. I mean, you could talk about, well, if I had more money, everything would be better, but that even causes its own problems. If I eat more, I'll be I'll be happier. No, actually, it's not good for you. I mean, there's, there's so many things, and I can think back to what you're saying here about how many couples or families have sat across from us saying, we need help. And when we really stop to talk about their schedule and their life and all of that's going into it, I think what many people are looking for is an answer to help us, to, t- to say, in essence, help us solve this, but don't take these things away from us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they don't want to quit anything. Uh, like, well, what if you gave up this? Well, can't, we can't give up that. Well, what if you give up this? Well, I can't give up that. Mm-hmm. It's like we've, we've been married to so many things that— we just don't see any we don't see any escape from it all they know mm-hmm. is the pressure is heavy yeah. the weight is burying them mm-hmm. something has to give and they can't find things to give. Okay, I'm going to talk very candidly. I am a pastor, right? So let me talk from the pastor standpoint. Really what happens then is what gives is we take away all the spiritual influence. We say, well, we could gain a day if we don't go to church. We could gain a day if our kids aren't involved in youth group or anything like that. We can gain a day. We can gain time so that we can actually, in, in turn, fill more into those slots, And so I think families are getting burned out.
3: Oh, 100%. Um, There's this concept. I I grabbed a book. These guys laugh when I say a book because they know that I love books and I love things. And it's called actually, (laughs) but actually it was so good because it's called Home Team Advantage. And it was written by a mom of, um, that it's all about youth athletics and how mothers influence athletics. Mm. And this concept came out of it that I think will play to people and really relate is that we are not parenting in competition, that what we do and how much we do isn't a competition Mm -hmm. with the next door neighbor and their kids.
1: Oh, that's so true.
3: And that was a concept I grabbed out of the book that really is something I think we all see. Well, what are you doing? Are you gonna show up for this? And when I say that more isn't always better, it's true. Sometimes we give we give ourselves over to our schedule. It rules us and it controls us. It controls our kids. And there is definitely gonna be burnout in the end. Mm, and definitely. it's gonna happen. And so I just I just challenge us sometimes, do we always think about it that way? Are yeah. we in this like competition yeah. to be busy?
0: Mm. Yeah. So, Angie, in your notes uh, that you wrote for this podcast, but also in, in the notes that you're, you're working through the blog, mm-hmm. there was something that stood out that I think families, this is gold for families. If, if they would take this and put this into practice, and that is this concept of knowing your why. Mm-hmm. If it, and frankly, if we would do this, let's, let's set aside athletics. Let's just talk mm-hmm. about anything we mm-hmm. want to do. Know your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Talk to us a little bit more about knowing your why.
3: Well, knowing your why is exactly what it is, is knowing why you do what you do and how your family has chosen to do it. When I say that, that's, the, that's another insert there is why your family is going to choose different things and how that builds into your everyday lifestyle. And I think we kind of go through and we just let things kind of come upon us and things just kind of enter without a lot of choice. When you know your why, guess what? You make the choice. It doesn't happen to you, and knowing why and building out a family mission, a family reason of hey, we're gonna we're gonna commit to this. We're gonna make uh, we're still gonna have Sabbath in our life. And I say Sabbath, Chris, because you know you and I we often work on Sunday because yeah. it's real. <laughs> we do work in a way, but we often have to take Sabbath away and rest and spend time to just truly uh, let things go and rest because we need to be where God wants us to be in rest and relationship with him. And so we have to, we have to put, you know, emphasis on that. And we have to say, how are we going to Sabbath as a family? How are we going to make time together? And when you know your why, you're able to answer that question a lot easier and make decisions on what do we commit to and what do we not commit to? And this is probably um, plays over not just to parenting, it plays over to business, it plays over to decision making in general, is when you know your why, you know your way.
0: You know, even if it's going to mean this is going to be a busier season, as long as you even go into it knowing your why, right? You, yeah. you at least know that we've made a, a logical, rational decision to be busy for these next 2 months. Right. It's just going to be a reality, but knowing that why. Yeah. Resolving
1: that it, as it's a, a family. Reality. Yeah, and
3: it's a reality for us. We live it every day in our home.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that that relates, you know, beyond the sports to your lifestyle as a, as as a farmer, farm. mm-hmm. right? Like there's seasons where it's all hands on deck and and it relates to your why, but you know that you'll have seasons of rest um, to recapture some of that that time as well. So. Yeah, it
3: just started uh, today it was actually Dan finished everything yesterday. Yeah. So we just were talking about just how we enter just in a totally new season together. And as a family, we kind of set, we reflect, and it's part of our daily and really um, yearly rhythms. And when we know our whys, we make so many more decisions that are grounded in where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And I say that because when you say the spiritual emphasis goes away when you're so busy, but if you have purpose and reason and intentionality, you can keep that spiritual emphasis still in the forefront Mm -hmm. of your decision-making process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So beyond just knowing your why, what about having an end game, an end goal, thinking through not just this process of a why, but establishing an end goal in mind?
3: What, yeah. do, what do you think about that? Well, I think each of you guys would sit here. You, how old are your kids, Dustin?
2: Yeah, eight, four, and three. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So
3: you want to? You're, you're just getting to the next um, school year, mm-hmm. right?
2: Right. <laughs> when everybody Surviving.
3: enters into school, but I think often we live in that like the next thing rather than the long view, which the long view is actually the adult. That you're raising the person you're becoming,
2: right? Yeah, it, it, that's one of the really cool things that I like about sports so much is that you you begin to see some of these things even in our kids at the ages they are. Of like, for our example, our middle son, Crew, he's so hard on himself. <laughs> so, like, he did soccer for the first time this year in the summer, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch him play. But if he would miss, or if he wouldn't like, if he would kick it at the goal and he wouldn't score, he would get so upset with himself and not like that he was going to throw a temper tantrum. He just was just kept saying he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And then so it was like then going home and being able to work on his self-confidence and not, not even just with soccer, but with other stuff of like building something or writing something or, you know, like being able to see him do that and then be excited and just to see the glow in his eyes when he did do something that he didn't think he could do. And being able to help build that self-confidence even at this age, I think is important to help, you know, in development with the end goal in mind. Right. The thing I love about parenting
1: that's similar to coaching and relates to sports is this whole idea of how you respond to adversity, right? So, um, when when you fail as an individual or as a team, what what is your response? And there's so many teachable moments, especially when you have young kids because they're impulsive and they're they're going through this cognitive development that they don't know how to deal with their emotions and. What great opportunities to, one, we have so many opportunities to model that um, and how we respond to adversity, but then also teaching moments for them that that are outside of their coaches, right, outside of of those other influencers in their lives that we can model at home, but then hopefully, and, and this has been true thus far for us, we have coaches who are investing in our kids or teachers who are investing in our kids that are reemphasizing those, those same things, right? Let's respond together as a team. Let's hold our heads up high. Um, keep trying perseverance, those life skills that Dustin was, uh, was talking about earlier. Um, but you know, Angie, you had wrote wrote down here too. character needs to be developed at home just as well as on the fields, courts and in the pool. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the opportunity we have as parents in all of this.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think, well, we're going to keep our kids busy. It goes back to the calendar. You know, we're going to keep our kids busy. We're going to keep them entertained. But actually, the end goal is always at the forefront of your mind. It's the mm. why. It's the things that build out that you actually make a choice on um, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and how you're going to reach that potential for that person because every kid has a different potential. And I think we have to realize that it's the goal of the individual reaching their potential and growing into a healthy adult.
0: Absolutely. I am in a unique spot uh, sitting around this table because I'm the only empty nester. And so because of that, uh, I get to see a little longer view than even what you guys have seen or are seeing currently. And that is... I now live with 20 year olds and all of a sudden the sports and all those activities were just a session of their life at the end of the day, now I just want them to be healthy, productive, spiritually mature adults. Mm -hmm. And so I like this, even in the midst of the season you guys are in with kids, if you can keep that, everything in perspective and everything in balance, because at the end of the day, what we want is healthy adults. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that parents have to ask us, is this helping or is this hurting us? Because Angie, you you know it, as we've sat in, in many different counseling sessions And parents come back, and I'll reiterate it again, where they say, you know, our kid's in college, and we just can't get them to pay any attention to anything spiritual. And that's been modeled for the last 15 years Mm -hmm. of their life. And so keeping balance in all of this is really critical. Mhm. Yeah,
3: agree? I agree 100%. And when you say like being competitive and learning the competitive edge, that isn't something you're born with. You're actually taught. You're taught and you're kind of modeled throughout life. And so we've your goal is always to raise the kid into understanding that it's not about the sectional championship. Yeah, it's great. It makes an amazing run when you have a, you know, you run to the state finals. But the goal is who you become in the process yeah. and what you learn in the process. Totally. So we kind of um,
0: Yeah. So let's wrap up this segment because we're going to introduce you to one more uh, segment. So don't 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 leave this episode too soon here. But let's let's wrap up this portion of the conversation before we move on. Uh, At the end of the day, I think what we're saying is we're we're fighting for family. This is critical Uh, in the day and age that we live in fighting for family matters. And and let's not lose sight of that. Anything else you guys want to
3: say about this topic? no. I don't have anything because I have somebody who wants to say something. We're going to enter into a new segment.
0: Yes. All right. We will be back with you in just a moment.
3: Thank you for sticking with us. We're going to enter a new segment of this discussion on athletics. I invited one of my favorite people one of my favorite humans to be in the room with us today. And so I'm going to hand the mic over to her and welcome Grace Brenneman to the podcast. Hi, Grace. Hey, hey. Hey, Grace.
0: So we're excited, uh, not only that we're all athletes around here, one of us is an elite athlete. Grace, uh, (laughs) we're excited this week. You just set, actually broke a Notre Dame Fighting Irish pool record. How cool is that?
4: It was very, very, very exciting.
0: Yeah. What was the record?
4: So I actually tied the record. Okay. So I went 25.97 in the 50 meter free.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: That That's is real incredible. fast. Fast enough to get your trunk signed. So. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I brought in my swim trunks today and Grace Brenneman signed them and I got a picture I'm on will, top of the world.
0: You will find them available on eBay <laughs> following
1: the show. I'm going to frame
0: them. I'm going to frame them. i got big plans uh, for those trunks. That's cool. Grace, we're proud of you. It's been fun to watch you grow up in swimming, and now even at this next level of swimming here at Notre Dame and be able to follow that, it's been just a lot of fun. So Thank you're you. in your sophomore year, all right. and tell us a little bit about the events that you swim in.
4: Yes, so I'm a sprint freestyler, so the short and fast events, I swim the 50 free, the 100 free, and the 200 free.
0: Cool. What's the biggest challenge that you've faced since leaving high school? What's the difference between high school swimming and college swimming?
4: Oh, the level is, like, leveled up a huge notch. (laughs) Like, it's not just, you know, swimming against other high schoolers or being being used to being in the front of the field. You know what I mean? Now it's you're swimming against elite swimmers from across the country. You Mm. have to be at your top of your game every single meet.
0: What does practice look like for a swimmer just in general? Conditioning, conditioning, practice. How much do you invest in a, in a given time period, whatever that time period would be?
4: Yeah. So in a given week, we train about 20 hours. Wow yes oh, well while, while
0: taking classes yes, they do make you take classes yes, right? they do okay. they do 15
4: hours 15 credit hours so at notre dame they yep. <laughs>
1: take
4: yeah so normally it's doubles every almost every day early getting up at five thirty in the morning and you get into that routine and it takes a lot of time management but also determination to get up every day
1: wow it's
0: pretty incredible well, you pointed at me. I thought um, you were going to
1: say something. No, I was just saying wow. But it, I'll share. I'll share my warm up story from swimming. You guys want to hear this? I mean, Grace, oh, you might yeah. appreciate this. Uh, <laughs> I was kicked off the sixth grade uh, swim team uh, because uh, a due to a cramp <laughs> <laughs> Due to, due to cramping, while I was trying to warm up, I uh, we had to warm up on a four a 400, which was ungodly to me. And uh, my toes cramped and I was drowning. I was drowning. They had to jump in after me, it's a true story. And they told me to quit. They said, this isn't for you. And this so. Is
2: the best story I've ever
1: heard. We start heard. with
4: a 400 every you, day. Yeah, so see, they
1: were having us do
0: college level toes. <laughs> That's the reason. I literally, did anybody else think he was going to say he peed in the pool or something like that? <laughs> I
2: that think, would be the I least think of my toes words. cramping is even better, though. <laughs> Still, it's a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> All oh. right,
0: so we've been talking about the impact uh, of athletics on a family and in the home. Uh, so I'm interested in your perspective on this. Uh, if you could encourage families today who are raising athletes, what would you say in particular to them?
4: I would have to say, you know, sports is not your entire life. Mm. I think in high school, it can be so easy to think that sports is your entire life, that it's, that's all you think about, you know, practice, um, film, all of that kind of stuff. But in reality, you're so much more than that. And Mm. even though it might seem like forever until you're done with swimming or any sport, like it's going to come to an end and we might as well be prepared for that. Um, One of the biggest things I try to think about is, you know, you're not what you do, but who you are through it. And so, um, yeah.
0: Is there a lot of pressure to make sports your identity?
4: I would say with any sport, the way, how much it um, takes out of you and how much it requires, yes. Like, it's so easy to make it become your identity.
0: Yeah. Watching you grow up, uh, you have, in, in my opinion, done one of the best jobs of keeping a balance between letting this become your identity and using it as a tool to, to open other doors, even down the road. How, how did you land at that? Well, Tell us anything you want about that because I really do think that you've done a stellar job at that. Thank
4: you. I really appreciate it. And I would have to say and give credit to my parents, to be honest with you, Mm. And, and having them just help me see the perspective sometimes because- I did not do that on my own. Okay. Um, seeing that I am more than just a swimmer and that swimming is a catalyst to getting me to Notre Dame, getting me into an, a great career and in, in meeting people that I would never have been able to uh, without swimming mm-hmm. um, wasn't without my parents helping me, you know, during freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, saying, hey, it's okay. Like, if you had a bad practice, if you had a bad race, it's okay. You're more than that. And also helping me take advantage of other opportunities in balancing swimming and um, thinking about my career, thinking about those other interests like farming and 4-H and agriculture um, while I'm still swimming. Mm
0: -hmm. It seems to me that we have a society today when athletics has become our identity, once your career is done whether it's it's 6th grade swimming <laughs> or it's or it's high school sports or college sports when it's your identity it feels like there's this massive crash because then people have to ask the question who am i now
4: yes but exactly. keeping
0: a balanced approach like that it, I, it while i'm still sure it's sad it's it's a part of you that is now transitioned to something different the letdown has to be different because it's not been your identity. It's been a part of who you are.
4: Absolutely. I would even have to say like thinking that I only have two more years left of swimming in my life. And some people that would be like gut wrenching. You know what I mean? When they're thinking about that. But I see that as exciting, you know, not as like, Oh, I'm so happy. I don't have to get up at five 30 in the morning anymore, but that there's going to be so many more different opportunities God's going to lead me to mm-hmm. um, in this next season and that I might as well maximize the opportunities I have right now with swimming um, and be very intentional with the people I get to train with and, and be with, but also be excited for what God's going to do in my, in the next season. Wow,
0: There are so many opportunities for students to, to be involved in so many different things. We've already talked about that in the first episode. There's uh, things that are available. Uh, we were saying that when I started out, I didn't really have like club sports or activities until I was like in sixth grade. Now it's yeah. very, very young. very young. If you could go back and talk to third grade Grace, what would you say to her? And you know, there are parents listening to this and and I like I'd like to think that there's third grade kids listening to this, <laughs> but we we know there's not. Uh, <laughs> but if you could speak to somebody who is growing up into this system right now, whatever that sport is or whatever that activity for that matter is, what would you say? To a student, I,
4: I would first say that just enjoy it. Like it is supposed to be fun, mm-hmm. and I feel like sports has gotten to that level so early now that it's all so high level, and s- sometimes the fun is taken out of it so early. So mm-hmm. I would definitely tell my third grade self: just have fun. Don't worry about how fast I'm swimming, um, and all the things that are going on. But just have fun. Do your best, and see where God's going to take you with it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I uh, I had the opportunity to coach boys basketball back in the day. And, and then I had a daughter who played sports. I played basketball as well. And it was really interesting to me. One, one coach said to me one day, Chris, I think you can't mess up the difference between boys and girls in this in this aspect of athletics. Uh, he said to me, boys seem to have to win to have fun. Girls have to have fun to win. And if you get those two yes. confused, it, it really does mess with the <laughs> dynamic. I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. Uh, and so I like what you're saying here is about having fun. Enjoy this. This is a season of your life, but this should not define... Our life
4: exactly. It's
0: good. Well, I hope that when my
1: kids grow up, that they respond like you, Grace. That's it's pretty amazing to listen to you. One thing that I think it it proves is that Angie really practices what she preaches, and I and I really mean that. And mm-hmm. and super, um, as a as a teammate of Angie's, like super proud to like even even hear Grace say those things because Angie talks about this stuff all the time. And Grace literally just walked in the door and got on the mic. Like we didn't chat beforehand about, hey, this is what we're going to say. She barely even looked at the notes. And for her to, to authentically share that just shows you how well Angie and Dan have done at parenting and the things that Angie's trying to, to provide and instill in our parents um, comes from a, a place of actual practice. And I think that's, that's good. good for listeners mm-hmm. to hear.
3: I just want to thank you that for saying that, Brandt, but I also want to preface this, that this was hard fought for. Mm. This isn't something that just we woke up one day and everything was like blue and rosy and the yeah. sun was shining and, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I say that is because there's been some really hard fought wins and there's been some really hard felt losses. Mm-hmm. And I say both of those things because they're very both key to the whole picture. So and I just, I think parents, sometimes we just get so caught and it goes back. It just, we get so caught up and things just happen to us that we have to take ourselves out of what we're doing and actually become an observer Mm -hmm. of our life so that we can make those right decisions. And so fight for those things. Fight for what you want to see your kids be in the end.
4: I would have to say exactly spot on mom. Um, I would have to say with this that I would have to, just congratulate and thank my mom and dad for being those observers i think i was put in an amazing family and opportunity where mom and dad didn't grow up as a swimmer they um mom played tennis she didn't get any tennis players out of all three of us kids <laughs> <laughs> um, and she had to learn a whole entirely new sport swimming is very unique and She just came in with open arms and was like, hey, I'm going to be here for you, but I don't totally understand. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to watch and support you. She wasn't there coaching me, telling me, oh, you took too many breaths on that 50. You know, um, that's the coach's job. That's not the parent's job. And I think so many people can get caught up in that. And Mm. um, I encourage parents, just be an observer. Be that supporter. Don't be the coach because that's not your job. Um, And that can help kids have more fun and um, really develop the person and utilize that role that parents have to develop the person, not the athlete. I really
2: really appreciate you saying that, Grace, because we're in that season with our kids just starting to be in sports and stuff. So it's, I think one of the hard things is to sit there and to not be nervous about how they're going to do or what they're going to do, or are they going to be, you know, are they going to be one of the better ones on the team or are they not? But just being able to sit back and to not worry about, analyzing or coaching just to just like we want our kids to enjoy the sport we as parents it's so much more fun when i can just sit there and just watch them play and just let them have fun that way i enjoy it so much more that way
0: the whole reason i got into photography is it kept me calmer as a parent it kept me from saying things i would regret (laughs) later so i thought i'm just gonna take pictures it's a lot easier to stay out of it angie wrap us up
3: well, I just want to thank you, listener, for sticking with us. I'm going to thank you for these guys being my teammates, but I also want to thank Grace for um, coming today and taking some time out as we enter our Thanksgiving break, which means break. Oh, yay. We're, we're, yes, they still practice even over break. But and I, and I want to just challenge parents. Here's the deal. You make the choice. I can't make the choice for you. You have to choose what you want best. You know your intuition inside of you, what your family needs, what your kid needs, what your overall mission needs to be. And so I just challenge you, think about it. Take time. Time um, and just set back and be that observer of your life so you can make those changes to have a balanced life, to have a balanced calendar, to set the why up so that you can make decisions and to see the end goal of what What are your kids going to be like when they're 20 years old? And in the end, fight for your family. Fight for what you want to believe in and what you want to set um, your life up for. So thank you guys for listening. We look forward to our um, future podcast. You can find us on our website at walkemc.org slash at home and find all our podcasts and blogs there. And you can also email us at home at walkiemc.org and let us know what you'd like us to talk about. So thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time.